bring you your next favorite band. Thanks for having us. This is a very cool show. Yeah, so through many iterations, and it finally, yes. finally landed on the weirdest one by far. Yeah, just a couple of feelings, and uh, boom, you got a song. Yeah. I, I remember this one time. I had been writing some songs, and I and I went out. This I'm just going right in on this story. I went out, and so I was. Ah, uh, uh, the story's longer than the song itself. We'll go ahead and play it. And listen, it's going to be everybody's favorite band. <laughs> Welcome to your next favorite band. That's both the show title and our promise to you. We here at Stereophilia Studio are tireless in our pursuit of finding incredible, genre-defiant artists who are either a hot, up-and-coming band or a group that has been delivering for years but have flown under the radar. Tonight, we have the vivacious indie, folk, Americana, pop... Oh, actually, they're actually their own genre. It's Bandits on the Run. Each month, we will bring you live streams, audio podcasts, and perhaps even a live concert where you can listen to the stories and hear the music of artists personally curated by us based on what we feel will be worthy of your time. Be sure to subscribe and tune in to each episode because the possibilities are endless and you never know who will be your next favorite band. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Philip Reese. Hello, and I am David Moore, your co-host. And you are listening to... Your next favorite band. And I'm almost positive tonight. Yeah, I've got a confidence uh, level of 11 on a 10 scale. Yes, confidence 11. Um, How are you, David? I'm doing well. How are you, Philip? Good, good. I'm still, you know, like, uh, you know, we talked about uh, always that August is straight music fest. It's true. It's right uh, through the veins. It's, uh, you know, tons of content, but, uh, you know, it also fills our pipeline of, of these interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it does throw us off like, uh, what our normal kind of, uh, episode looks like. So all of August was not that. And then September wasn't that because we didn't, uh, David had, you know, some stuff I, to stuff happen stuff yeah. so uh it's so good to have you back i missed well you. i'm happy to be here <laughs> and uh t- today's a good one to be back for so that's, oh, that's uh the one. extra added bonus yes absolutely um but uh but before we get into the interview with bandits on the run like we talked about at the top um i wanted to share that uh i got to see some live music Oh, I mean, that's a good thing. Weird, we right? Sort of do that on the regular, but yeah, that's great. <laughs> so, just wanted to share some of that because it's such a such a great band. It's uh, uh, the band is Rat Boys uh, out of Chicago. Love their music. In fact, famously, uh, way back in April, April or May, when we were talking about it was our springtime banter episode where we were talking about a lot of the the Levitt announcements, mm-hmm. uh, right. the, the Music Fest announcements. Is like right. their first wave had been out. Um, and I was late to the start of the show because I was listening to Rat Boys in the car while parking because I was in Chicago, actually, uh, where they're from. I remember this story. Yes. Uh, and so uh, I didn't want to park the car. Or I didn't want to get out of the parked car because I was enjoying their song Black Earth, Wisconsin, so much. Isn't it like a, what they refer to as a driveway moment? Isn't that like the it type is. of term that's caused for that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, 
this is a song called Crossed That Line. It's off their latest release called The Window. Um, and they played at Johnny Brenda's down in Philly, which is a, a, a big-time favorite venue of mine. Um, and I uh, got to catch them uh, late September. So uh, here, check out some Rat Boys, Cross That Line. definitely you know scratch that part of my brain that still loves the 90s kind well, of grungish i was gonna say the drummer wearing a thrasher t-shirt brings it all together with that I really enjoyed that um they really brought it i mean their new album is amazing their old catalog is terrific too i do love when they close songs like this but uh heck of a show Um, so definitely check out the latest Rat Boys. That's a great album. And if they're playing nearby you, uh, I think they're touring into almost December. So still plenty of options to go see them. And then I have great news, David. Great news. I'm ready for great news. Do you like great news? I do. I have great news. So uh, science, you know, we love science on this show. So science now study claims that attending a concert once every two weeks can add nine years to your life. Um. I'm, so if science says that's the case, my budget has now been completely rearranged because of science. So right. I mean, so we are on the website Consequence. There's Dave Grohl. Um, this article by Randall Colburn. Concerts can be daunting as you get older, but with the late start times, slew of opening acts, and the prospect of standing next to tall, sweaty people <laughs> for hours, a new study, however, claims it may be uh, worth the effort. Uh, the only conducted, of course, is taking into consideration of of those nine extra years you live, how many of them can you hear for if you're attending a concert every two weeks? (laughs) Truth. Um, But conducted by O2, whoever they are, uh, and behavioral science expert Patrick Fagan and reported by NME, the study finds that regular concert attendance can increase one's lifespan by up to nine years. I love the number. Like, (laughs) Yeah, well, it doesn't say just... had to do math. I mean, it, it, it doesn't just insist, like... It'll increase your whatever. It just is specifically nine. It has to be nine. Um, the the logic here is that live music increases feelings of self-worth, closeness to others, and especially mental stimulation, all of which contribute to one's sense of well-being. According to the study, there's a positive correlation between regularity of gig attendance and well-being. I just, I would, I'm not going to look at the actual like statistics behind this because I just want to believe that it's true. Well, I think it's probably better because it seems so almost arbitrary that uh, why not at this point in time? Right. And then at the end here, it does say uh, O2 is a concert venue that plugs priority tickets. <laughs> so oh, yeah, uh, they a, might they might have a conflict of interest. Big but concert says again, more shows. Not letting that sway me. <laughs> I'm convinced right now, especially like if you think about Music Fest, I'm probably going to live to 172. Well, I, hey, uh, I'll hopefully be there to test if that's true or not so we can find out together. <laughs> Um, so there you go. See more shows uh, and add nine, not no more, no less, nine years to your life. Speaking of shows. Um, and uh, speaking of Music Fest, uh, today's yeah. uh, interview is, is a band we got to see 
for the first time in 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 person uh, live. Correct. Uh, but this is a band that we've been just kind of like uh, wish casting about for about a year, just knowing that their music was so incredible um, and then now have the opportunity to have them on it. So we are so psyched for that. Um, so we are going to uh, use their song because uh, we always like to feature one here off the top. Uh, Love in the Underground, um, which is somewhat of their origin story. It's a little bit of a peek into how they became the Bandits. Um, and, uh, so we're going to bring that on here and then David, uh, will share a bio and we'll bring them on. So here is Love in the Underground, Bandits on the Run. We're not strangers now, finally found love in the underground. I, I spent my ticket to ride. Something bright inside your eyes I just might understand of Adrian Ensko, Sydney Shepard, and Regina Strayhorn, Bandits on the Run is an indie folk pop Americana, well, they just keep going, outfit consisting of three lead singers, a guitar, a cello, a suitcase drum, an accordion, and various toy instruments. They hail from Brooklyn, New York, and are known for their vivacious performance style, genre-defying sound, soaring harmonies, and the ability to make music magic happen everywhere, from subway platforms to concert halls. Their releases include 2017's The Criminal Record, 2021's Now is the Time, and recent singles, Radio. You have changed, and soon to be released, Reach Back. We'll bring the chorus in one more time, and then we'll bring on the bandits. Welcome to the show, Bandits on the Run! <laughs> this is so amazing. We are so honored to have you all on and uh, love to feature this song. I mean, this is just incredible. Uh, your music ha- has this ability to just perpetually give me chills. Uh, it's happening again just as we listen here, and I was just like, I can't wait to bring the bot. So, anyways, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And. Thank you so much for having us. That's oh. awesome. I, know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me bring it down a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. Uh, that's so true. It's like it's so so beautiful. The 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 video that it was set to it, and um, probably the coolest part about it is how you paid homage to your own you know, again, origin story where 
it's so much about busking on the subways in New York City and meeting each other there so you're not strangers anymore and falling in love. I mean, like, it's just such an amazing story that we could probably just let you riff on that for the next 45 minutes and it would take up the whole show. But let's definitely talk about that because it's such a cool thing. So uh, let's just get into that. Like, you know, so Adrian, if I understand it right, like you're the one who is mostly busking at that point. Yeah, I, had, I, I went to theater school and as I graduated, I was looking for a way to keep performing without having to be in a show because you spend a lot of your early acting years, like uh, maybe unemployed, going to auditions, but but not doing stuff in front of people. So I, I took to busking in the street. And when I moved to New York, I moved to I, I went down to the subway and uh, I've been doing it for about a year when I saw Sydney. Uh, she just came down the, the stairs. It was pretty late at night. So I was basically just playing to Sydney for, <laughs> you know, the way that she was watching me play, she was really engaged and I kind of got a musician vibe from her right off the bat. So I started trying to like really impress her and we <laughs> talking. And then when the next train came, I was like, actually, I was just about to get on this train with all of my stuff. <laughs> I was hoping that was the story because as I was always reading it, it was just like, you know, uh, in in print, it's just like, and then Sydney was getting on the next train and so was Adrian. And it's like, I bet you he wasn't. Like, <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, this is my train too. So weird. <laughs> but I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have done it. Let me say, I would not have done it if, if I hadn't been getting some vibes. Um, but I, I quickly came to, uh, to find out that Sydney was, yes, indeed a musician and also an actor. And that she had been writing songs for a, a while, including some songs that she had written with Regina while they, they went to school together. Yes, and we were definitely going to touch on that too. She sent she sent me some videos in the next couple of weeks of like of them of some of the songs that they'd worked to, on together. And I was like, well, we're, we have to start a band with Regina. Let let's go. And it's <laughs> like, well, she doesn't live in New York yet. Um, and like, I think it was like three months later, you moved into Sydney's apartment. Yeah. Regina. And, and we uh, should point out too that this actually worked out fairly well. The two of you recently got married, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, almost a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, even though he might have been a little bit of a creeper stalker, but uh, it worked out okay. No. It worked out. It worked out for the best. No risk, no reward. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You got to shoot your shot. Um, but yeah, let's let's roll that back a little bit here because Sydney, now you're basically the connective tissue between the other two bandits. You meet Adrian in yeah. a dark alley someday, and uh, you <laughs> you go to college with Regina. Um, and uh, actually, you even met in last year of high school, correct? Yes, yeah, we met during our last year of high school. We were next door neighbors. Um, we went to a board, boarding school. Um, uh, for drama, and we lived right next door to each other. And nice. Yeah. Then we went to the same college uh, and yeah, just been like connected ever since. Yeah. And it's it's so funny. It's like hindsight is 2020 because looking back, I think it was always, always destiny the way that the, that the dominoes fell Um, uh, because, you know, I, I came from like, you know, uh, how I got into music was I wrote poems and I sat Mm -hmm. in stairwells and just like, sang random melodies and I never I didn't take it like you know kind of seriously as a as an artistic output and Sydney was really the first one who was like 
oh, these like random poems you read in your room, like, do you want to read them to me? And then we we're like, do you want to build them out to be songs? And I was such a fan of her work because she was writing songs independently. And I thought they were amazing. And we would, you know, we would just kind of um, very organically be hanging out um, as we were doing anyway. And we were making music together. And then we like um, did them sometimes um, uh, at our school. We went to an acting conservatory, North Carolina School of the Arts. Um, Go fighting and- pickles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wait, are you a fighting pickle, or do you? I am not. Though I work at a small college, and we also have a silly mascot. So I appreciate the <laughs> idea. Uh, I work for Haverford College, and our mascot is the Black Squirrels. And we have <laughs> we have no football team, but we sell a shirt that is undefeated since 1972, which is when we dissolved our football team. So you know, we embrace the the <laughs> random. That's amazing. That's, that's cool. Cool for sure. That's very cool. <laughs> I was Fighting Pickles and Black Squirrels collaboration. Yeah, oh, I think they would, I think some magic could happen there. <laughs> well, Absolutely. At least the, I mean, who knows? Let's see what happens. <laughs> one, yeah. one will come out defeated. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I wanted to actually ask about this. So that moment that you're talking about where um, so, you know, Adrian and Sydney are saying, hey, Regina, come up here and we'll write some music together. You were actually writing Cowboy on the Run at that time about that feeling of not being part of art. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. You were, Damn. Y'all are good. Y'all I love it. Good. Yeah, no. I, yeah, let's get into it. I was, um, uh, it was that sort of post-college moment where um, the world hits you in your face. <laughs> and you're mm-hmm. like, yep, yep, yep. God, um, uh, this is incredibly difficult. And um I wrote Cowboy on the Run, and it's really actually super touching to, like, play it. And over time, I appreciate that song even more and more. Um, And it was one of the first songs that we, like, built out all together. And it kind of established, like, I feel like the first couple of songs that we um, wrote together sort of established the way that we like to write now, which is that we uh, sort of all of our songs generally kind of come from one, one bandit. And then we like bring them to each other and then we all work on it together and it morphs and we edit it and write together. But the initial sort of impulse tends to come from, from one person. Sure. And then you banditize uh, it or whatever you would call it. At that point. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah. Cowboy on the run. That was, um, it's like, it's like going through time whenever we play that song because that, that, and it worked. I don't know. I sometimes think of songs as spells. I mean, you sure. know, and um, uh, and I certainly think that that song um, has fulfilled its purpose in like bringing it, bringing the songs, bringing the music back. I know that sounds too to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. It, it's definitely the songs are going to take you, you know, where the artist wants to take you. And I think that uh, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to spend a moment there, because I think a lot of people would maybe fill in the blanks on what that song's about in a completely different way. Um, and it's important to know where your inspiration was coming from uh, and, and to associate that there. So, because, again, that might be really kind of meaningful and, and powerful for somebody out there. Yeah, I, I certainly think that, like, um, it's really interesting to play with perceptions, especially there's so many romantic songs out there that are about people. And, uh, and like, I enjoy in that song that, like, you certainly could listen to it as you know, um, a romantic partner that's gone. But in, in my particular case and the way that the song evolved with all of us, it's, it's sort of more about the, the, the like eros of living and Mm -hmm. sort of like, like that going away. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful song and, and it has such a, you know, 
when you know what it's about, it just clicks so much more beautifully in a tragic way. But then you know where it ends up and it's okay. <laughs> Which, you know... It wasn't really witch <laughs> Well, I think, I think when, you know, when you are a, a creative or an artist, you know that feeling. You know that feeling of something else is happening and you wish you were there and you can't get there. Yeah. 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 Um, but if you don't mind, let's get, like, circle back to Love in the Underground um, because that was another one where it was a very early collaboration between the three of you and you were writing it for a coffee music project, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was funny. It was, it's this, uh, this British festival that like takes place, uh, in the coffee festival in the international coffee festival that, diff that visits different cities around the world. And, uh, and they, they, they typically give a prompt for each one. And sometimes it's like, Tell us what you like about coffee. I think that was the first one that they did. <laughs> but like after a couple of years, they started giving other prompts, and the prompts that they the prompt that they were using that year um, it was just uh, New York City. Yeah, tell yeah. us tell us a New York City story. And oh, that's awesome. Being an artist in New York, you know that uh, uh, there's a there's there's a, more than a fair share of, of artists being like, ah, this city will get you down. So we really wanted to like to write a song that was about something positive and cool and good sure. that happened to us and. It, we, I mean, it, I think yeah. we're like two or three years into our into our band ship at yeah. that point, and hadn't hadn't even though we had this really great meet cute story, we'd never written a song about it. Song. And also, I think this was maybe I think this is maybe our only song where the title came before the actual <laughs> song. Yeah, <We're> like oh, <laughs> about city nation meeting, and we could cut love in the underground, and then like we didn't have anything else for it. And we're like, <laughs> we were like, oh shit, the competition is very close. We yeah. <laughs> but like, it's so hard to name things. I feel like we always have trouble like titling something like because it's such a big and then with that one it was just like we'll call it that and we'll figure out <laughs> then we'll write some music. Yeah. Is there, is there still is there still a dispute between whether you used underground because it was British people or because it was poetic? I mean, I thought it was because it was poetic. Can it be both and? Yeah, it can. It absolutely. Yeah. Especially I think this is three. a both situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure that that was still there because I thought that was great. Well, love in the subway has a whole other neighborhood yeah. of, of of Manhattan that it would take place in. It's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> um, but uh, no, and then uh, if I understand right, so you submit that to the NPR Tiny Desk contest, and while it doesn't win, you do then like join their tour because they liked it so much. Yeah, yeah, cool. we got the chance to play in uh, in their New York uh, stop and their tour, and um, it was it was really fun. We uh, got to meet Bob Boylan, and, and uh, he he turns to us at one point. He goes, uh, "Just so you know, I lost sleep over over <laughs> this song because it was stuck in my head." <laughs> I couldn't go to sleep, and I was just like, I love, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want him to get sleep, but yeah. I also kind of like it's him. like a compliment, but like kind of like, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I would agree. A lot of Bob's takes on things are similar to my own, and um, anytime I he recommends something, I always check it out because uh, I just trust his his uh, you know his taste so much. And then for him to say something like that, I completely agree. It's 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 this music can haunt you uh, in a great way, um, <laughs> and it's somewhat a, a great like transition to the name. So like I find one of the 
unfortunately, one of the more boring when I'm re- listening to someone else's podcast, I was like, where did a band name come from? I was like, what a basic conversation. But for you all, it's vital because it's so important to like the the culture you're creating around the music and, you know, the vibe of a show or whatever in that you label it Bandits on the Run and have even created personas around it um, for each of you to kind of be as as actors almost on the stage or on a subway station because you're looking to steal their attention and, and you know, in, in a very Robin Hood kind of criminal way. But uh, um, just wanted to make sure that we take a moment to, to kind of have you guys share a little bit of the inspiration behind all that. Well, um, yeah, like rewind back to the moment that Regina moved to New York. Yeah. Uh, we were kind of, it was almost like this situation where Regina opens the door with all of her bags in, in hand and Aaron's <laughs> like, hi, thank you. You're uh, welcome to New, York, to New York. And I'm there too. And I'm like, let's go down into the subways. <laughs> she was, I think, I'm, I'm going to tell your story. She was like, sure. she, Regina often is like, uh, yeah. And so that's what I thought being in New York was like. You just move to New York and you join a band. But it's not a typical band trajectory because no, I feel yeah. like most of the time you practice first and then you go to a venue. But we were just kind of like, here, you know this song? You know this song? Okay, let's go, let's go down and, and play. Um, and it's, and, it's a perfect place for an incubating band because you only yeah. have to know a handful of songs right. and then your whole audience leaves. Correct. And then another one, you get to do it again. So recycled and recycled. Yeah. So like in the in the early stages, we were playing around with like this idea that we were these whimsical characters that you could run into on the train um, that like, that would are doing like holdups, but it's music. So this is like safe, but it's like, it's still like, Oh, this, like these bandits came onto the train and, and did a musical holdup and then, then they left and right. like, what happened? What they're like trying to conjure some of that, like mystery and romance of like old, old uh, uh, like train car robberies. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm picturing like you guys are like, this is a holdup and people start taking their wallets out. And you're like, no, 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 just pay attention. <laughs> yeah. We eventually stopped doing it because there were a couple times, not many, but a couple times where, where someone actually thought that something bad was happening. Sure. Got down on the floor. Well, um, the world is getting stranger in that way. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. This is quite a while ago really. when we were doing the. the yeah. Decades yeah, ago. I, I, yeah, it was like a decade ago. <laughs> actually a prior life that we <laughs> did it this way. Yeah, and so, and so like the early, so the very beginning of our band, definitely, like there's no way you can separate our name from like like us busking in the subways in New York because that was like, you know, it's just super tied to that imagery of, of band right. on the train. But I think like as time has gone on, um, we're sort of this, we're this, you know, collective of three people and then we also feel like our community is an extension of that and i feel like the name bandits on the run really just is sort of about like anybody outside of uh outside of the rules outside of like conventionality like sure um uh yeah like i i feel like um in i it might be one of those chicken or the egg situations where like you know maybe we i feel like given the choice we tend to do the more unconventional thing or the more like inclusive group thing versus going you know to be like uh uh like one brand or one genre even or you Mm -hmm. know we like to to play around because we like to have the freedom to play around and Mm -hmm. i feel like that's what banditry is in essence is is saying like you know i'm gonna do my own thing and and roll with it 
and yeah. kind of kind of creating spaces that are musical in places that might not be musical. Like we've as we've traveled more and more, we've like we've done little songs in like uh like an elevator when we were in uh Kansas City yeah. um, <laughs> for for Focalance International earlier this year. We ended up playing playing a, a song in an elevator as like people were getting on and off. Uh, which was great. So you stayed on the elevator and they were getting on and off. <laughs> and I, I think maybe in a different situation, it wasn't like a, a, a music festival that was happening. There. Right. It was, maybe people would have been yeah. a little more annoying, but yeah. I, no, for the most part, everyone was like, it was oh, hey, cool. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. I got to be honest. What floor are you going to? 48. We take requests, um, but let's get into the personas that were created. So I'm actually going to do this because I love when, when the universe does this for us. I have this image here and you guys are in the same exact order. So these are going to overlay over the top of you. Um, it's basically from your uh, criminal record album. It's the cover there. So you're lined up perfectly. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that great? I wish I had even thought of that. Uh, we'll just say the universe likes us here. So anyway, um, left, right. So we have, uh, Adrian uh, plays the role of Royal Roy Dodger. <laughs> um, and uh, from what I understand there, some of the inspiration is you were kind of, again, this kind of, you guys have a lot of literary kind of like influences on things as well as music. Um, and in this case, you were also kind of embracing that old West of Roy Rogers and the artful Dodger. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Man, you're, you're good. <laughs> I, I uh, also like, I just, I, 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 I think built into that or over the years, I've kind of been like, yeah, I am kind of a prince. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm lucky enough to be privileged sure. enough to have moved to New York and been like, you know what? I'm going to busk for a living and been able to like try to figure that out on my own, on my own way. Cause I, I, I like had support in my life. Can so, we use that yeah. as a well, yeah. I am kind of, I am kind of a prince. Is that what I am saying? kind of a prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love myself in That's a rather stately way. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad kind of a, you said yeah. loyal. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a tagline there. I wish also we could have the little mouth moving like while this is going on. Oh my <laughs> God. Perfect. That would be great. I'm kind of a cloud. So I feel like that would work. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, Clarissa, the clairvoyant, um, this was a cr character created who, it's a little bit of a hustle where you're <laughs> leaning into being a clairvoyant, but sometimes it actually happens. Yes. <laughs> um, honestly, you nailed it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's uh, the clairvoyant thing is mostly an act. It's mostly in hustle, but you know, it, what's that phrase? A, a broken clock is right twice a day. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could totally see those moments where you're like, wait, I just actually saw that happening. Um, but, uh, very, very cool. And then, uh, Bonanza Jellyfish, uh, uh, looks like you got this off of the Bonanza Jelly Bean character off of, uh, even cowboys get the blues. That is correct. Even cowgirls get the blues. Oh, I got it wrong. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's like, I was reading that book, uh, around the time I met Adrian. So when we were, you know, talking about bandits in the Wild West, there's this character in this book that sort of sparked my imagination. And I was like, I think that's kind of who I want to model myself after this persona after. So yeah. yeah. And, and it was actually in it made a little uh appearance. Yeah, Michael was reading Even Cowgirls Get the Blues on the subway train in the Levant. Oh, Park. that is so cool. Oh, yeah. I love little dive for all of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, we're, 
Very little nugs like that. Planters for sure. Oh my god! Playing the long game. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as we're as we're making concepts for music videos and creating more music videos, we've gotten into directing our own and, yeah. and producing our own. We've we've enjoyed putting little Easter eggs in. Yeah, I mean, especially radio. Our most recent music video. There's a lot of people from the Bandits multiverse um, <laughs> that show up in there. So. Oh, that is awesome. And one last little tidbit, which again will be where you, uh, uh, you'll wonder where I'm finding this stuff. Um, I, I thought uh, it looks like you went with a creature that had tentacles because you used to be called Squidney growing up. I wow. did. My best friend's dad called me Squidney. And um, that name is, is stuck um, mostly with dads. Dads love calling me Squidney. <laughs> I mean, we, we do but, all love a good pun. So Yeah. Yeah. But. Yes. Wow. You're good. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite things is to find little stuff like that where people would say, uh, where did you find that? But it's ama- the internet is undefeated. It's all out there. Truly, truly. Undefeated yet. <laughs> right. Correct. Correct. Um, so we'd love to get to some music here. And I think a good transition would be to talk about Music Fest because we have a recording of Sing You to Sleep. Um uh, you know, that we can share a little bit of and, and then kind of talk about that particular song. Um, but uh, what, uh, how did the uh, music fest happen? What did you think? Like, uh, you know, what, uh, what was your take on Bethlehem? Oh man. Um, we, well, we, we, this was kind of 2023 was the first year that we, that since the pandemic that we went on like multiple tours mm-hmm. and that, that, that was just such a joy and, and a privilege for us. Like, to be able to explore mostly in the United States. We, we, had, we hadn't done like a road tour for a little while. Um, we've done a lot of backing, backpacking tours through, through Europe. Sure. Uh, here we got to kind of like traverse the, the Northeast and South and Midwest. And, uh, and music fest was a big part of that. Like we, um, we played at folk Alliance international um, in February and our manager started kind of reaching out to people that had seen us there mm-hmm. and, I think one of those people was was one of the bookers from Music Fest, which is sure. a festival that we'd heard about for a, a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we had we had several friends play there this year yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our, friend. our friends Brass Queens. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh sure, uh huh, yeah. sure. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, and, and Garth. And Garth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we know Garth too. Yeah. Yep. It was awesome. I thought the audiences at Music Fest uh, were really fabulous. There were a lot of people who stumbled in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, of course, the, the dream for us as performers, the reason why we go is we want people to, the fantasy is that you play and you see people come in and then sit down and stay a while. And yeah. that's completely what happened. Like we, it was really fun to, um, uh, to, you know, um, this might sound creepy, but uh, to watch you guys. To watch <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> no, that is great. And that is a total, we knew like your sound for Music Fest would be perfect for yeah. that because that is a, a lot of what David and I talk about about the festival is how you go around from stage to stage and someone just pulls you in with their talent and their you know genius and their performance. And you just, those are the best moments. And I so, so happy that that happened for many, many people for your stage. Yeah, it's, it's actually reminiscent to me, and I think all of us, of, uh, of busking because sure. busking was this thing. This we we loved like the act of being a surprise. For yep. Though uh, we're not expecting to see something that they liked in this venue, or or just we're, we're not expecting to see us where, where yeah. we were playing. And sure, it's really fun when we're watching the audience. A lot of times, people don't realize that we can we can see you. 
<laughs> right. we, we love getting to see someone be like wow. and like look around and like I don't know it's, it's delightful yeah. it's definitely yeah. delightful totally. yes yeah. <laughs> actually when, when we were busking Regina got into this amazing habit of like as people were getting on the train and if there was someone who was like really engaged, if someone was like staring at us <laughs> I would wave and people because you know people you know I'm from North Carolina Cindy and I are both yeah. from North Carolina we're yeah. big wavers sure 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 so it's like, you know, someone's staring at like this. I, I'll be like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure people think that fourth wall is like a real thing. And it's like, it's, yeah. Well, it's the screen effects. Yeah. yeah. The more screens, the more. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, they can see me? Yeah. <laughs> is this real? Anyway, um, childhood mind twists sideways. I always told was told they couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we um, that fourth wall even in our, our shows too. Like when we, well, uh, it's something that we that we've taken from the subway into like more you know ticket oriented venues. Yeah, like trying to make sure that something is happening in the audience when we're doing a show. Right. Like uh, a musical of Williamsburg a couple of years ago, we actually had the Brass Queens who you saw at, at Music Fest marching through the audience uh, to yeah, come up to, to our stage. And Fantastic. we had a, a bunch of things happen like in and around the audience, which is, you know, what we do when we have uh, space and the budget and, and stuff. So if you're out there, if you, if you can give us a budget to do <laughs> crazy stuff, then yeah. we'll, we'll do take it. it. <laughs> we'll go the distance. Yeah. And I think another thing that, that sucked people in too is the unique nature of, you know, what you have to offer. Like it's a cello. It's, it's an accordion or other instruments that they don't recognize. It's a kick drum suitcase. Like, it's like people are going, what the what? And then it's these soaring harmonies and these beautiful songs. And they're like, I have to see where this goes. And so I can, <laughs> I can totally see where the Music Fest crowd would be, would be all about it. So yeah, I feel like curiosity at least would keep you there for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll mention my favorite compliment I heard of all of the bands that we're at music fest was at your show. So I was in line uh, where I got these kindly signed Regina signed these for me. Uh, and the woman standing behind me says to Regina, that was a revelation. <laughs> and it was one of those compliments that like, even in line, I'm like, wow, that's good. Like that's good. Like, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, often people say to me, uh, get to the music, Phil. Um, so let's uh, just take a brief moment here to enjoy uh, your performance of Sing You to Sleep at Music Fest, Bandits on the Run.
Just beautiful. <laughs> Just oh, gorgeous. Um, and very indicative. Like You're seeing a couple of the different uh, examples of Bandits on the Run music here. And it's just, can, every one is is like just keeps impressing you more and more than the next. So um, definitely check out the entire catalog. Um, I would love to ask two kind of music nerdy questions. Um, the, uh, the harmonies to me sound like you don't stay in the, I don't know what the right word would be, the where you are in the three of you. It seems like you cross over each other and take the, if you're in the low part, you might move to the middle part and the middle moves to high and high to low. Is that true? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really have the like, oh, you're always middle, you're always high, you're always low sort of thing. And yeah, even within our songs, like it does change. Like I feel like our arrangements are, uh, they're really sort of organic. So we're always just like kind of singing at each other's faces (laughs) what works and what doesn't. And so that lends itself to, you know, arrangements that are a little bit more unexpected or more like weavy. And sure. I think that's, um, yeah. We're also pretty lucky because we have ranges that overlap significantly. Yeah. Right, um, right, right. right. I, I get, even when we're recording, I get my voice and Regina's voice. Yeah, we'll listen back to certain harmonies. We'll be like, which, who is yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's been a long time where, like you would, you would like you would think that it would get easier, but there's still some moments where we're listening back to stuff to be like, I can't remember. Did you do yeah. that? Did you Which part do I have to learn? <laughs> but that, that actually happened. Like during the summer, we were we've been working on this music. Uh, we've been writing a musical uh, with with a couple of friends, and and uh, we did a workshop of it over the summer. And had to teach other actors the parts that we'd created. And we were like, it, oh no. It was kind of like yeah. how do we teach this? How do we, <laughs> was, how, how do we track the whole one? You know? Yeah. Like if it was just what I was singing, it was going down here. And then it was bopping up here for a little bit. So we were like, Yeah, it, it seems it almost seems um uh like a, I don't know if erratic is quite the word, but when you're teaching it to somebody else, it's it's almost kind of funny to be like, you're gonna be yeah, there, you know. But also it's more fun to sing too. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm singing the alto line, and it's this, and then this, and then this, and then this. But it's like, oh, I'm singing the, you know, Regina line, and it's this. You know, (laughs) it's a way more fun. Just it feels vocally good to sing things Mm -hmm. that don't just stay in one place. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for the uh, uh, the consumer, like the the absorber of the music, I think it's one of those things where it's like that's why it sounds so alluring and different. I've never heard anything like that before, because I think you're 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 conditioned to think the alto is going to sing the alto part, soprano, soprano, baritone, whatever. And now when that kind of crosses over, you might not be able to pinpoint what just happened, but you're like, something's different. Something's weird, but in a very good way. And I just think it's genius on your part to be able to do that. And again, the, 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 the universe shining, the blessing that you all have the ability to have that range to be able to get there, I think is super cool to, it would be silly not to take advantage of that. Well, it's kind of, I mean, it also just is a symbol of our friendship and love for each other, because I think when you have a a long-term collaboration or a long-term relationship or a long-term friendship, you're constantly finding that you change as things change. Like you, you like kind of need to find different ways of working around each other. And like, I think one of our guiding uh, lights is, is to constantly be challenging ourselves and each other 
to to like create new things and 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 also to create things that are interesting for us to continue singing. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if something's not bringing us joy, we throw it away. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, not worth your energy if it's not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you for sharing that. The the other. Uh, music related question I had was uh, specific to the cello. Um, so, and again, this might not be something that, that and I hope I'm not talking down to anybody that is listening. I just more think like these are things that I didn't know. And so in over time learned. So the cello is a fretless instrument. So in most cases, you're going to be supportive of using your ear to match the sound, but you often are lead. So you have to be so good at nailing the instrument, the note, because... <laughs> The, the, the guitar fret's going to hit the note and the accordion's going to hit the note. So if you're off by a half, that's not going to sound right. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of muscle memory. Sure. <laughs> right. yeah. And becoming a big friend with the cello. I'm sure you two have been through a lot together. Oh, yeah. We've been through everything together. Yeah. <laughs> and she does it backwards and in high heels. Oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> actually, I, this, I just remembered this. In Singing to Sleep, the the response, that which you're singing, like the callbacks. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, are, are, the, are the melody backwards. Yeah. yeah. remember? Yeah, because we did, yeah. yeah. And you're also yeah. playing that the, the cello. cello solo. and uh, Yeah. So, yeah. Sidney is one of the only, the only cellists that I've ever met who plays the cello standing up. Um, and that like blew me away from the very beginning. And barefoot, which I always love watching a performer <laughs> barefoot. New development because like I can play in heels, and then like my feet start hurting, and I'm like, why am I doing this? No, right, yeah, right. Yeah. it's my show. I'm going to do it the way I want. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been on a string of seeing uh, drummers playing barefoot, which I think is an impressive oh, thing too, because it's like God. those pedals are yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's an interesting one, but uh, I mean, you're also grounding yourself. It's a giant, you know, like the 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 the, the, the ability to you know you know get centered and play. Like I just thought yeah, about it. It's better on your back too, because I know like um, like Joe Kwan from the Abbott Brothers is also a standing child. He's mm-hmm. like whipping that thing around all the time. <laughs> yeah, taps like some sort of back something or other recently, but because it it does, it takes a toll on your on your butt because it's such a like all enveloping sort of instrument. Sure. So it's, yeah. 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 Well, amazing job. And again, I wanted to point that out. I w- wanted to ask about it and then also point it out so that others can be equally as impressed with your talent. No, um, and also, uh, so wanted to touch on a, a, like a, a, an element of each of yours as individuals, not as bandits. Um, so you are currently opening weekend of a show where you're the, the lead uh, playing Lizzie Borden in Lizzie the Musical. Yes. And I wanted to promote this, so let's bring it up here so that we can... It's it's opening weekend, and there's shows throughout October, so people could go see this. Yeah. yeah. And oh, it's, yeah. So, it's so good, and Sydney's amazing. They saw the first preview. These two saw the first preview a couple days ago, but... Right. Oh, yeah. So lot. this is at Theater Works Hartford in Connecticut. Yes. Um, and so people, you can see here, September 29th, so opening night was this weekend, and... Goes through October twenty second. Um, the times of the week are here: t- Tuesday yeah. through Sunday. You got you performed today, and then you were kind enough to come on the show. So, like, uh... I, I did. I had to, you know, wash off the blood and eyeliner. <laughs> so, it, was, it was pretty great. Yeah. It, it would have been quite interesting if you came on with all that on. I would have been. I know. I was thinking about it, but I don't know. Distracting. <laughs> yeah, we're you know, like, listen. Yeah. Show must go on. Yeah, exactly. It's a very different vibe than Bandit's music. 
so it's a yeah. <laughs> you totally kill it. Oh yeah, I've always been a little punk rock kid, so I'm I'm happy to be doing something like this. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, Clarissa, I'd like to up uh, Clarissa, <laughs> Regina. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter, right? It's you'll you'll answer to both. Um, <laughs> right, Regina, I wanted to share this article I found about group projects never die. Oh. oh. Um, because I think these are important topics to share. Um, uh, it's basically a, an article you wrote for Atwood magazine, and it talks about being a person of color, you know, in a world that is, you know, dominated by, you know, white people. And so I kind of wanted to make sure that we touched on this because I think it's an important topic for, for people to hear more about. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, uh, thank you so much for asking. I think like, um, uh, specifically being a person of color in, in the folk world, the folk scene, there isn't really a lot of representation in that regard. So um, I really appreciate you asking specifically about it. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I, um, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm trying to, when I wrote that article, I remember I wrote it really um, fast and it wasn't because I was in a rush, but it was because I like kind of came out of me. So I'm actually trying to, remember actually what what I was saying in the article but um like it, it does talk just about the like the challenges that are obviously there and then how important it is for you when you see someone else uh, of color like on in a collaboration or as part of a project just that it, it just is so important to you and it lights you up and it just anyway it, you get into both sides of the equation on this yeah yeah I think it's um it, it's kind of easy to focus on um, uh, the challenges and what you need to, to build. And I think that's obviously incredibly important to, to, um, uh, to critique. Um, but I also think, and it's, it's part of my personal ethos and all of us as a band to make sure that we're being really active and, you know, um, uh, everyone has their own individual abilities to, to change the world. And I feel like, mine and also like my blessing in life to be so lucky to work with Sydney and Adrian and to have this collective like mm -hmm. um is to be creating spaces of surprise and of empathy and of like um uh like breaking breaking expectations like um you know like there there'll be lots of times where we're performing and um uh people will have a certain idea of what I should sound like mm, sure, as a right. plus size black woman, like, mm -hmm. and people, uh, and while it can be really difficult to hold because it's, it's doesn't feel good for people to come up to me and say like, Oh, like you sounded different than how I thought you'd sound. That's painful for me because it's yeah. like, of course. you know, what, what do you think that I sh should sound like? Um, I also feel like that work is, is, is incredibly important um, to, to be putting yourself out there. Yep. And I also think us as a band, we're, we're you know, a multiracial, multi-gendered, multi-background um, uh, yep. collective. And like, um, I, yeah, I think that's important to, for people to see, especially in folk, which I think most people, yep. I would argue, think of what is folk music, they might think of a white guy with guitar, a white guy with a banjo. And, mm -hmm. and we're trying to say it can be so much more than that. And it's essential and it's storytelling and um, uh, and it can be a, a, a collective thing. Yeah, yeah. We're all yeah, trying to yeah. involve each other. Right. I, we've often, you know, shared on this show, it wasn't our, us who said it, but we share it because we, you know, we've been around it as folk 
definition is just simply the music of the people. Yes. And so, and so rap music would be folk music. Like it's, it, it doesn't have to fit those, you know, tired trope genre definitions of things. And it shouldn't actually, it's not, it, it, that wasn't right back then, let alone now when it needs to be breaking through, not to mention if genres are, are limiting, if those titles are, are keeping people, you know, in a, in a predetermined, you know, set of possible outcomes and it limits them, then that's, Got to be something we have to break down and break through. One hundred percent. I wasn't going for the mic drop. I was just more saying like it's it's something that I think is just so important because you know these are real things that uh, you know where you, people face in society, you face in the community of music, uh, and so I just always want to make sure, especially to have such a well written article out there that you clearly had the courage and the vulnerability to put out there. Um, then you know we need to celebrate that. Wow, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, and anyone that's interested, we will make sure it's linked so that anybody absolutely. that wants to read the whole thing, which is absolutely worth your time. You should absolutely spend some time and, and uh, read through that. There's so much so much wonderful in there that makes you think. And I think any good piece of writing will do that. Well, there, yes. It means so much to us that you that you ask that question, because I think there's a lot there's a lot in the music industry right now and, and at large. Um, of, of people wanting to tout uh, inclusivity and diversity, but without actually asking questions and being interested sure. in answers. Like we just had a friend yes. who was at uh, Americana Fest, a queer country artist who was asked to be on a festival, on a, on a panel, mm -hmm. um, although they, didn't, they weren't given the opportunity to perform their music in, in a showcase at, at <laughs> But they Fest. wanted them to come in and talk about the progress yeah. that's right. being made for yeah. queer country music. Right. Yeah. And like I, that that was just such a, that moment of reading uh, Paisley's experience and that was uh, really heartbreaking because I think that's rampant in, in the music industry, people wanting to use the image uh, and sell right. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than actually have a conversation. So the fact that you like do your research and, and like ask the question, that's sure. huge. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. The other thing that we're hearing is they also ask someone simply to achieve a number like, oh, we need diversity. So let's go find, you know, a person of color, a queer artist and, and a female. OK, now we're good, even though, you know, 87 percent of the rest of the bookings were all white guys. So like, and and it's, it's not so much to take it away or, or to create it. What, what people always think about when, when this comes up, whether it's corporate America or music festivals or whatever, it's not the question sometimes comes up about like, you know, oh, so we're going to lower standards. And it's like, wait, why would that impact even mean anything about lowering anything? It's like, I don't understand that instinct on, on anybody's agenda. Exactly. I don't, that, that one always blows me away. But the point being that it's pure, like having a more diverse and more importantly, a more equitable outcome for things is just, it's the, it's the, better thing to do to to kind of create a better sound to a festival if that's a new thing or to to increase your pool of candidates for a corporate opportunity but it's also the right thing to do so it, there's always just that element to it as well anyway i didn't mean to hop on a soapbox no, no, we completely agree and we think a lot about it i mean like uh you know it's it's uh yeah, I think that, that that thinking, that sort of like soft white supremacy within all industries and it exists in the music industry, like um, is really, uh, really pervasive. And um, 
And but but the fact is, is that when you when you diversify and you make things more equitable, you also make them more interesting, more nuanced, mm-hmm. like more context for for festivals, more ways yeah. to more. You know, it's just it's just better. And maybe yeah. some people might disagree with that opinion. I, I encourage those people to think more about why they think that way. But you know, <laughs> right, right. more more perspectives. I you know, in that case, more is more. I just yeah. think it's, you know, it's just. I'm going to get the city wrong, um, so I won't even make the attempt because I don't want to, you know, try and make this about any city. It's uh, there was some uh, symphony in some city where uh, once they moved to auditions that you didn't see the person, their numbers diversified, primarily gender, but also uh, skin color. But like the point was, when they could watch the person audition, it was affecting how they perceived. And yeah. once they made it almost a blind audition, because who cares? It's a symphony. You don't care what the person looks like. You care what it sounds like. All of a sudden, their numbers got diverse because it was more about the talent rather than what they looked like. And I think that just proves the point about, you know, you're going to increase your overall, you know, uh, you know, pool of candidacies of excellence if you don't care about things that would not matter in the outcome of the talent. Yes. So... Um, thank you for, for, uh, writing that article and for putting this stuff out there for people to kind of, again, like David said, have a moment to think about it and really reflect. Um, Adrian, so, uh, this will be a nice swing, swing to the, you know, we went, we got heavy there. Let's go light. Um, you, uh, you, uh, play a role in the show on Apple TV Dickinson. Um, and, uh, it's, you play Austin Dickinson, Emily Dickinson's brother. Um, and I think this show is amazing. And I also think it's a great article that I found with a terrific title to keep us laughing here. Um, the, the, the article here is from uh, Bustle. And the article is titled, Emily's brother on Dickinson is total 19th century bro. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Is that not amazing? That's wow. It goes into that. It's, you know, historically accurate and it's who he was and it's the time period and so on. But like when I read that, the title, I was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the show. And and, uh, uh, you've got quite the following on uh, people who watch this show. Oh, I mean, I actually was just at the Dickinson Museum in Amherst uh, just the other day because um, uh, they were doing yesterday. Oh, yes. Yes. Yesterday. I was in Northampton earlier today. We took the train here. Anyway, now we're here, and it is today. And uh, it, it was amazing. They did a little panel as part of a bigger festival called the Tell It Slant Festival, which they do every year. They do America. And uh, my favorite, favorite, favorite parts of that was uh, was just seeing all of the people that were fans of the show that that were brought into Emily's work uh, through the show. Um, just like a, a super young diverse queer audience that was like that was like flooding the museum it was incredible um so yeah i I was uh i actually grew up or like in new england uh, and around when i was a kid so so emily and big story was was very familiar to me when i got the audition um i was actually in northampton when i when i got the audition and i started reading through the script and like the first line in one of my audition scenes was uh what up sis (laughs) writing a course and i was like this is going to be a very different kind of period piece. Um, and it truly was one that flipped the script continually and challenged the conventions of, of the narrative that we hear uh, Emily Dickinson do, doing. And honestly, like it felt like very in line with what we have done as, a, as collaborators over the years is just trying to 
figure out how to change things and mold things. And, um, and what, that's what I loved about the script. And it felt like it was in service of something greater than just being a breakout show on a TV, on, uh, on a new streaming platform. Yeah, um, awesome. so that, that it, it is truly like one of the big privileges and honors of my life to, to have worked on that show. And, uh, it's great. It's actually really funny to see that, that article because as when we started out, we did three seasons, that first season, uh, we talked a lot about how, how Dickens, uh, how Austin is kind of, he's like the beneficiary of, of white male privilege. And sure. he's kind of given this golden boy status, even though his sister is the one who's like the obvious genius in the family. Um, her dad totally, sure, their right, dad right. Owns her. And so I, I, you know, I am also an older brother. Uh, I got to see how my sister who is, uh, such a bright, shining light was was uh, treated differently than me just because she is uh, an outspoken, large, tall woman, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and so like I, that was really meaningful for me. Um, and and as we went through the series, I got to um, kind of explore how Austin is trapped by by the patriarchy in the same, and not in the same way, but in different ways from from the female characters in the 1800s. Anyway, you you got my uh, my. <laughs> Dickinson spiel. It was very cool to see. And, and uh, it's a great show and people should definitely check it out. But uh, um, I just think it's great. Like we, we talked about it in the beginning and, and uh, you're all actors and musicians, you know, and songwriters. Like it's just such a great, like, you know, Renaissance group of people that it's just so fun to be within the orbit of, of what you guys are creating. It's just very, very cool. Regina, I should also we should we should shout out Regina is a casting director. Um, that's like a, a new line of work uh, that Regina has been doing, which is like I, I love I love your work in that because I it it seems to totally honor you know what what you do and what we have tried to do, yeah. which is give other people platforms and give people opportunities and bring other people into the fold. Yeah, yeah, we 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 love to be on like um a sort of uh how would you describe it. Of like almost like a, a rotating wheel of creating. We all like to find ourselves in different yeah. different places, and um, yeah, I think if I think if we stay in one place too long, um, I can't speak for all of us, but I feel like I kind of can. In that, like, I think we get a little antsy if we're we're boxed into one thing. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and and it speaks to what you talked about earlier. Like one of the beautiful things to see here when you're on stage or when you, you spend any time looking into your music and, and your backstories, the support and the trust that you all have for each other and in each other, like is how you're able to have that courage to maybe go and change and try something different and new because, you know, you've got each other's backs. And um, I think that you shared earlier that, uh, you know, one of the big things is that things have changed and you mentioned playing that song today uh, uh, live for us. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to. That would be um, awesome. Yeah. Y'all are so observant. I just have to say thank you for seeing that and saying that because that really is our MO. And and that's I think why we've been able to create so much is because we um and we we support each other. Um uh I love, I love that he, he he said uh, we've got each other's backs. Oh yeah. This might be not on the internet anywhere, but so a tradition that we have is before before shows, we each like go up to, to each other. And look each other in the eye and go, I've got your back. I've got your nice. back. Nice. I got your back. I got your back. I got your back. I've got your back. Good. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. A lot of people 
have like documented this. We're starting to get pictures. Yeah, we're starting to get pictures. On the stage, the three of us are huddling right before the set. Yeah. And like saying that to each other. Fantastic. Well, yeah. let's uh, let's bask in the glory of uh, uh, one of your more recent releases. Here, you have changed. Here is Bandits on the Run. You, you have changed. You, you have flown away. How can I live without you? How can you come back someday?
Stunning. Amazing. Awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much. We got oh your back. Oh, that was great. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so this was tremendous. Uh, we definitely want to also kind of wrap here by uh, by sharing, you know, some uh, promoting some things, primarily shows, but also uh, some some music that's about to come out and so on. So I'm going to bring up your website here um, so that we can use that as a point of reference um, because there's some good uh, some good tour coming up here. So here is uh, the next show is in uh, New York City, the Mercury Lounge on the 16th of October. Um, I'll be there. So if anybody wants to join me for uh, what I like to call the uh, the Bad Life Choices Monday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the the Bandits on the Run and Friends. Um, so there's there's other people performing. Yes, we have some of our favorite collaborators performing with us that night. Um, it's it's going to be our longtime friends, Chris Ferenci and Sears, a brother-sister duo. And then um, this wonderful gal, Ellery Ward, who sort of went viral for doing acoustic Stephen Sondheim covers, but also has amazing original music. It's She's fantastic. fantastic. Very cool. And a, and a few surprise, surprise things and as well. Surprise guests. I actually... did hear that you guys have shenanigans, as you refer to it, uh, as part of your show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Occasional shenanigans. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. There will be no exception to that rule. Nice. Um, I can't. Uh, and we'll, probably, we'll probably be playing some new stuff, some collaborative stuff with uh, with Christopher and Ellery. If you swing by, you will see something uh, that no one else has seen before. Yes. Exciting. That is super exciting. Then there's shows uh, uh, Theater Works Hartford, Bandits, and Borden. <laughs> yeah, so if you're thinking to yourself, I want to see Bandits and I want to see Lizzie. Um, the 22nd is definitely the night to do both. Um, yeah, there's a matinee of Lizzie at 2.30, and then bandits are playing on the same stage that Lizzie happens at 7.30, I think. So, mm -hmm. And to reiterate, Lizzie, you you got to come see it. Like, if you're in the Hartford area or even just greater anyway, New York anyway. area, there's any, there's a, it's very easy to get to via train. <laughs> like, it's it's a really good time, like. It's a it's a, a awesome musical and Sydney's just you know I don't, I don't want to be an embarrassing mom but she's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and Sydney, this would be the show to come out fully drenched in blood for the actual Bandits show. Yeah, I have, I have should we do it? Should we, should we all come out drenched in blood? Oh my God, yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's almost Halloween too. I mean, you're getting to the point where it's on theme at that point in time. You could even do like you know, Adrian. You could have an axe in your head. I, I was, oh my I was god! So oh yeah, we should go to the great scene. idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm picturing like uh, what was that? All in the timing, the David Ives show, where like oh yes, <laughs> where the, he's got the pickaxe in his head for the whole skit. It's awesome. Yeah, oh my god! Damn, that's a deep cut. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, tons of other shows here. We will link to this for uh, you know for for everyone to to, to kind of have as far as like a reference point. Um, Definitely go see the show. Uh, the, the the recorded, I always say this, uh, recorded music is fantastic, but the live is always better in my opinion. And so you got to go check out both, uh, you know, go go uh, like and subscribe all their stuff, but uh, go see a live show or multiple of them. 
Yeah, swing by and say hi. Yeah. And uh, and we also, I mean, I guess I should mention I'm going to be doing uh, this musical. It's Ava Brothers musical. Um, oh, fun. In, uh, in DC at the end of this year. It's a show that I did in Berkeley a couple of, like a year or so ago. It has John Gallagher Jr., who we're going to be playing with in California. Yeah, and a couple of dates in the future. Um, he's an awesome singer-songwriter in addition to being a, a Tony Award winner. And if you, um, if you like our music, I think you'll, like you'll, you'll, you'll love the Ava Brothers and you'll love Johnny's music and you'll love, love Swept Away. Like, yeah. it's, there's a crossover. We may be playing a couple shows down there, too, in, at, in the tail end of the year. Yeah, so, so if you're in D.C., keep an eye out. We might announce some shows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that I mean, it's such a great idea what you're doing with Lizzie and then with that, like, to be able to go and see, like, a matinee of a theatrical production and then a Bandit's show that evening. I mean, what could be better? That's amazing. <laughs> Figure if we're off doing other things, we might as well bring bandits in. Yeah. And even if they don't book, just steal the stage. It would just be like, hey, this is a stick up. It's just like that, not the subway. It's now a, a, an entire venue. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, thank you so much, Adrian, Regina, Sydney. Thank you for being on our show today and for sharing such wonderful stories and wonderful music. It was such an honor to have you all. David, Philip, my heart is full. That was, it was, it, they were wonderful people. They were wonderful musicians. They're, the music is just, I mean, you and I have talked about them yep. now over a year that we've talked since we've been doing this, let alone before that. Yeah. Um, uh, great stories. I, I'm so glad that we were able to talk about all of those different things. I'm so impressed with all the things they're doing i'm almost like rambling at this point in time because it was such it was so lovely <laughs> you want to know something awesome too like this just speaks to it all like again just the, the the little subtle things and it has nothing to do with them this is just the universe again um when i bring uh images into uh, we use uh final cut pro uh and pixel meter pro for like all of our like you know uh, assets if you will and so our instagram uh post uh used this this photo here and i just found it to be so joyous um and it's this great picture of them, uh, probably somewhere in New York, and it just is awesome. But here's the kicker of why I wanted to share this, is whenever you bring a picture in, Pixelmeter Pro likes to label it. So, like, if you bring it in and they're playing guitar, it'll just say guitar. It, you can change the label, but it tries to right. guess. Um, you know, piano, whatever. This one said astronaut. <laughs> so, I was just like, that's amazing. They are just in a... Just They're out universe. of this world. They are yeah. out of this world and in a universe all to their own. We said it in the beginning. They're their own genre, and it's wonderful, and everybody should love it. A hundred percent. All right, Phil, let's say goodbye to everybody. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Your Next Favorite Band. We'd like to sincerely thank Adrian Blake Enscope, Regina Strayhorn, and Sydney Shepard, all of Bandits on the Run, for joining us today to share their stories, their music, and just all this great, uh, just beautiful trust and love and support where, you know, it's just an amazing thing to, to, to watch happen and the amazing creative you know, uh, you know, excellence that can come out of that when you can free that up. It's just amazing. Um, the uh, the show notes and, and some of our social media posts will have links to their website, 
uh, to, the, to the various things we talked about, the Lizzie Borden musical, uh, the article Group Projects Never End by Regina, um, and, uh, and we'll also link to the Austin Dickinson article about being a, a bro. Um, and, uh, but most importantly, uh, go to their uh, tour page and, and definitely see when they're going to be performing near you and go check out a show. As always, our hope here is to bring you your next favorite band. If you tuned in today because you already know Bandits on the Run, thank you so much. We hope that you might uh, stick around. Uh, so please like, subscribe, follow, um, so that we might be able to bring you your next favorite band in the future. Um, also, all of our prior interviews are available at nextfaveband.com, as well as uh, our YouTube channel. So you can always check out uh, the ones we've done in the past, and you might find your next fave band already being out there. Um, and if you have an idea on who you think our next fave band should be, let us know. Anyway, hope to see you at a live show soon, and I hope it's Bandits on the Run. And stay tuned. We are going to share their upcoming single, Reach Back. Look at these hands Come from God knows where Yeah.
Yet to come.